This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. By the way, has anyone ever heard of this thing called Lego? Okay, some of you have. Some of you were here last night, saw the Lego movie, so that was your kind of introduction to it, of course, prior to the lightning coming. Have you ever been to Legoland? I took my son there on his 10th birthday, and it was a blast. If you've never been to Legoland, you've got to go. It has got some of the coolest things known to man in there. And the funniest thing is when we were there, I think I saw more dads than I saw sons. And then I started adding it up, and I'm thinking, they're going, I think there's about 50 more adult fathers in here than there are kids. Hmm, it's kind of like Chuck E. Cheese. We don't even go with the kids. Like, we just go. Come on, because we know that's what we want to do. How many of you have ever played a video Lego game, right? How many of you have ever seen any of the video movies, right? Okay. How many have ever purchased a Lego set for someone else? Hands went down. Okay, all right. Just wanted to check. How many have ever stepped on a tiny piece of Lego? I have news for you. I just wanted to let you know that there are actually something called Lego slippers, right? Here we go. Lego slippers that you can purchase and protect your feet from stepping on Legos. Did anyone know that? Someone just added something to their Christmas wish list. That's awesome. Well, um, we're excited. I grew up on Lego. My son, Josiah, who's here, 12 years of age and loves Lego. He lives with Lego literally, in his room. I think you can see more Lego than you can actually see his room, which is awesome. Um, but I'll tell you, there's some incredible things about Lego that we can learn. And I'm actually, just for the next gonna, couple of weeks, I'm going to talk to you about some of these incredible principles that we can actually see hidden in this concept called Lego. And as I've learned myself growing up with a bunch of different toys, and I'm sure Josiah's done the same, the one thing I've come to the realization is this. Lego is far better than bricks. Right? When we grew up, we had bricks. We had lots of these blocks and bricks and these different things that we can have. We have all these blocks. We play with them. Some of them have numbers on them. Some of them have letters on them. But how many know the only thing that blocks can do is stack? They can't connect. Lego connects. And that's the key with Lego. Lego connects. And so I don't know about you, but irregardless of its shape, of its color, of even the year that it was made, you could actually find a Lego brick from 1958 Find a Lego brick from 2016 and they connect perfectly. Why? Because everything has stayed the same for 60 years. That's how they function. So it doesn't matter. It's it's intergenerational. It's multi-generational. One of the things that I've seen with the church itself is sometimes we get caught up in this concept of the church trying to understand what's the purpose, what's what's its mission, what's its vision. And one of the things that I've seen, if I can say in the last 10 years, that's very concerning is a push towards age centric church philosophy. So we're going to minister to a particular group of people. We're going to minister in a particular kind of way in order to get a a, a particular group of people. And the one thing I keep coming back to, well, like Lego, it should be multi-generational. It should connect from generation to generation. That's how it was designed. That's how the church is designed. Interestingly enough, there's two different ways that Lego can connect. It can connect up or to the top, if I can say this morning to God, and below us to people. You connect to God, you connect to people. And I've, if I can be so bold this morning, I would say that unless we're connected up, it's going to be very hard to connect properly down. 
Oftentimes in our, in our culture, we have put 12-step programs and counseling sessions and strategic plans on a way to figure out humanity. And the one thing I've come to the realization of is they're not working very well. How do I know? Because people keep coming back. So if they keep coming back, something's broken, something's missing, something's not connecting. And so I would say this morning that when we can connect to God first and foremost, everything else can connect to us below us and around us. Why? Because something happens when we connect to God. The first thing we connect to is our purpose. We connect to who we are in Christ. We connect to the very person that God originally designed us to be. And when we do that, everything else makes sense. Very interesting. Actually, James pointed this out to me a number of months ago, and I thought it was a really cool little illustration. And he said, you know, the three plates, you know the plate, not the bricks, but the plates. It takes three plates to actually equal the height of one brick. And then I thought to myself, isn't that so cool? We need God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in order to be whole. That's who we need. We can't just say, Lord, I love you. That's awesome, God. You're awesome. But I'm a little unsure of the, th- the thing called the Holy Spirit. I don't know too much about him, so I'm going to shy away from that. Or I like Jesus because he's relatable, but God just seems so disconnected to me. I have news for you today. When you can take the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you're your whole person, and you can move forward in the things that God has for your life. Amen? Do you believe that this morning? John 15, verse 5. It's a, it's a verse that's found in one of the Gospels. Jesus was speaking to his disciples. And he wanted to get across a principle of connection that for some reason they still weren't getting. And you have to understand, this is near two and a half years into their walk with them. So you, th- you think to yourself, two and a half years later, they would have figured this out. But two and a half years in, Jesus, you know, in a sense, confronts them and says, listen, I'm going to tell you that the key to all connection. I'm going to tell you the key to all spiritual growth, the key to all involvement in your life. Are you ready for this? And he says this, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you stay joined to me, can we use another word? If you stay connected to me, then you will produce lots of fruit. doesn't say a little bit. It says lots. But you cannot do anything without me. You need to be connected up so that you can be connected down. And that's the heart of God for your life. There's two things I want to talk about this morning very briefly. I'm not going to spend a ton of time today because how many are excited for a barbecue and cake and desserts and all that stuff? You know, the reality is, is come on, you're all distracted already because you're just thinking about what you're going to eat after and, and how many things you can eat without your wife seeing how much you're eating. Okay, that's what I'm thinking anyway right now, so it's all good. But there's two things that God, <laughs> there's two things that God has specifically designed for us as a human being to do. Number one, we are built to build. Say, I am a master builder. God created you. He called you to do exactly what he does because we are made in his image. And what does he do? He builds. He builds people. That's what he's all about. His mission has never changed. He's about building people. He's about building them up. He's about taking away all the stuff that's hindered them so that they can build and become everything that God has intended them to be. How many wish that we could be everything God intended us to be right now? Right? Absolutely. Some of us wish that more than others specifically for people that we are living under the same roof with. But that's okay. How do I know that we are built 
to build? Well, it's actually very simple. Every single person I've ever talked to at any point in anything in life, no matter how good they're doing, how bad they're doing, no matter how many things are going well versus no matter how many things are not going well in their life, there's a drive within every single human being to be successful and to move forward in their life and not to stay in the same place they've always been. Are we here? Right. Their desire is to build a better life for themselves, to get ahead, to not get stuck. I don't know about you, but how many want to build their family? How many want to build their financial resources? Come on, anyone in here, right? How many are stressed out because the financial resources aren't exactly where you want them to be? Right, okay. How many want to build on your character and integrity? Come on, everyone hands up, come on. It's amazing how that response is always different than I want to build my financial resources. I want to build my character. I want to build my integrity. Okay, there we go. All right, good. You want to build up those that are around you. 1 Peter 2.5, it says this. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Living stones being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The Creator has design plans for you. What is it? Simple. It's to build you into something greater than you are right now. You are His building material. Sometimes I've often struggled in my own life, in different times of my life, why God seems to put His finger on me at times, on certain things and in certain ways. And I thought to myself, God, why don't you deal with them right down there? They have more problems than I do. Like, it's obvious, just look at Facebook. Sorry, that was my Donald Trump moment. It slipped, sorry. Um, but you know what? At the end of the day, God wants to work on you because he knows the potential in you to build and to connect. If he can get the top right, he can start adding to you, around you, and beneath you, and all around you, so that the building that God is actually forming in your life is so much greater than you'd ever imagined. So much greater. Ephesians 4, verses 11 and 12, it says this. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the church in Ephesus about what it takes to build a church in a healthy way. And he said this, It was Jesus, he, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. How many are thankful that we have different gifts and that there's diversity even at your home and in your workplace and that you're all not just like you? How many are glad that everyone on the planet is not type A? All the type A's, put up your hand and repeat after me right now. I hear, no, I'm just kidding. We won't do that. Oh, we won't do that. Okay. All right. We'll pray for you. It says, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Building and connecting is language from heaven. It is language from heaven. How many know that when you're going through a difficult time, the first thing most humans do is isolate themselves? Okay? We've all done it at some point. Listen, it's okay. We've all done it. Some of us are still doing it, but it's okay. But I have news for you. The very heartbeat of God is for you to build and to connect, and to build and to connect, and to build and to connect. That's the heart of God. It never, ever changes, ever. 
Now, if I were to invite you over to my house and I grabbed one of Josiah's Legos, thank you, my son, that's awesome. One of the typical four by two, you know, building blocks from Lego. And I were to ask Scott, come on up here for a second. And I were to say to Scott, Scott, you know, I want to play Lego with you and I want to build and I want to connect. Here you go. What can you do with that? I want to see your creativity. Just one piece. You can do it, man. Oh, that's, oh, that's good. I didn't thought, think of that. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> the point is, is that, you know what? If you are handed one thing, thank you. If you're handed one brick, you cannot connect. And you can't build. You cannot connect and you can't build. But yet too many people are just like this. They're so far away from the point they're supposed to be. They're hanging over here saying, no, you, know, you don't understand what I've been through. And my response is, do you know what Jesus went through right at the end of his life? He had the very people that he had lived three and a half years with, giving them every single detail of his life, pouring his guts out into this life, and every one of them rejected him and ran away. And then he's on the cross, and at the very moment of giving up his life, his own father, for the first time in history, turned away and rejected his son, because he had to, because his son took all the sin of the world upon him in that one second. And God's eyes are too pure to look on evil, so he couldn't even look at his own son. For the first time in human history, Jesus understood what it meant to be disconnected, to be alone. But it's not God's heart for any of us. God's heart for all of us is to be a part of the story and to be built in to what he's doing. That's God's heart. Can I say it like this? Whose story are you a part of? Or are you just creating your own? Are you just fulfilling your goals, your dreams, your destiny? Are you actually helping someone else's get there? Good thought, eh? Second thought is this. You're created for connection. Connection is in the very fabric of our beings. There was a Gallup poll that came out in 2014. I know it's two years old, but I think it's still applicable to today. And it literally said this, that in describing North Americans, they've described North Americans as among the loneliest people in the world. Yet we are more globally connected than most people in the world, but relationally isolated. Interesting. We have busy lives. We have overcommitted schedules. How many can relate? Right? And what we do is we feel very alone. Even though we're around a lot of people, how many know that you can be around a lot of people and still feel completely alone? Blocks stack. You can stack a lot of blocks around your life, but if you're not connecting, you can feel very alone in a crowd of 150 people. Lego is different. It's not a block. It's a brick that connects Interesting, in 1950s, when you look back at some of the architectural design processes of of new home buildings, you'll see in almost every scenario a front porch. Everything from 1990 and on, you see back decks and man caves in the basement. You know what I'm saying? You don't see front porches, at least not one that you can really enjoy and sit on. Why? Because we've become, even in our architectural design, less community-focused and more focused on seclusion. It's in the very architectural process of building of homes. 
I've had many people even come to me on a Sunday morning or, or you know, in different scenarios, and they say, well, there's no way that that's not me. I, I, you know, I, I'm constantly around people. Well, you can be constantly around people, but not connect. I want you just to evaluate your life for a second. And I don't want you to think about how many friends you have on Facebook, and I don't want you to think about how many people are following you on Twitter, and I don't want you to think about, you know, this, that, and the other thing. I want you to think about real-life, tangible, people-to-people connections. In your life, and I don't want hands up, but in your life, would you say that your life is more described perfectly by the concept of blocks just around you? Or do you see Lego connections everywhere in your life? Do you see something that's being built into you and something that you are building into somebody else in your life? In other words, are you just being stacked or are you connecting? Think about that for a second. Jenga, which I have up here on stage, which is awesome. How many have ever played Jenga? How many have ever been frustrated at Jenga? How many have ever lost hair because of Jenga? Okay, thank you. I see I have. I either say it's because I'm holy or because it was Jenga. So that's Jenga. That's the real reason. But if you want the spiritual reasons, because I'm holy. Uh, Menard, is that, that's enough. Do you need to go? You need to leave the room right now? That's okay? All right. I thought we had an understanding. Nothing public. You can do it to me out in the parking lot, but nothing. I'm just kidding. All right, here we go. Jenga was built on this very concept. It's about block stacking. But how many know that in the, in the concept of Jenga, you can have a person leave your life? And I'm not going to do this because I have, I have bad hands. But honey, do you want to maybe come up and just push one out? As, as, yeah, I know. Everyone is looking at you right now and staring. We're all staring. You can hold it if it makes you feel better about yourself and makes you feel more secure. Here we go. Here comes one. All right. Here we go. You should see what she's going to have to do next week. Anyhow, come back. All right. Okay. But you know what? This is what often happens with life when you build yourself on the concept of blocks. You can remove something from the game, but it's still stable enough to hold up. And oftentimes, you actually start to go on, and as you start to pull 7, 8, 10, 12, 14 of them out, you actually forget which one you pulled out first because it just gets lost in translation. There's far too many relationships right now where things are just pulled out and you're lost in translation. But how many know that if you take a brick off a, a Lego set, you know something's missing? Right, son? Absolutely. You could even take this out, and you know something's missing. There's nothing more frustrating than a serious Lego master builder than to get to the end of their little thing, and they're missing a piece. How do I know? (laughs) I'm not naming any names. You've got to know this morning, you have a place that no one can take. You have a place in your life that no one could ever take from you because God has supernaturally kept it just for you. But you also have to understand that you're part of a greater picture. There's a Lego set that God's building with your life, and if you're missing, some, the whole thing is ruined because you're missing. With a Jenga set, you can take five, seven, eight, ten, twelve pieces out, 
And you know what? They figure out how to keep going. Because those things just stack. Legos connect. Unfortunately, we've seen a history of people. One of my past experiences, for those that are new, I, I used to be a social worker at John Howard Society and was involved with a bunch of different things there. had great times there. Um, but one of the things that I've often seen is a lot of these people that will go to nightclubs and they're surrounded by people, but they're still lonely. Nothing is satisfying them. Not even, you know, a number of drinks that night or, or the music or anything else is satisfying them. People in our culture have one night stands, and if I can say this morning, they're stacking up. Right? But what's, what's that? What's it going to do? It produces a lifelong period of frustration. And God is saying, listen, there's, there's life-giving people that he wants to bring into your life that's going to help form the very building that God's designed from heaven for you on earth. But you've got to take the risk to say, you know what? No matter what I've been through, no matter where I've, the situations I've gone through, no matter what has come my way, I'm going to risk relationships again. I grew up in an environment when I was very young, and I'm obviously I'm thankful for my experiences, but one of the most difficult things that I personally went through in my late teens and early 20s was an incredible disconnect and, I'll just be honest, a frustration to no end with the church that I grew up in. I saw a whole bunch of political, legalistic, mumbo-jumbo red tape. And I got to the end of it and I said to myself, God, if this is you, I don't want it. This is you. I'm not touching it. I'm not, I'm not dealing with that stuff. I can't stand that stuff. That stuff drives me nuts. I've always have been of the opinion of God. It's got to, people have to trump policies. <laughs> it's about people. I have news for you this morning. If you've had a bad church experience, I'm not saying that we're perfect because we're not. How many know we have imperfect people? Starts with me. Good one. That wasn't, that's awesome. That was not influenced in any way whatsoever. But I have news for you. There's nothing greater than the institution called the church. Why? Because it was God's idea. And as we get healed and made whole, and as we become that one brick filled with those three pieces, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and we become more healthy and more whole, guess what? We become a better connection point for somebody next to us, and a better connection point for somebody over here. And we become a better connection point. Then you know what God starts to do? He looks at you and says, you know what, you're pretty strong. You're doing well. I'm going to have people that are going to come to you and try to, you know, they're going to be a support, you're going to be a support system for them because they don't know what to do. And they're hurting, and they're struggling, and they're processing, and they're healing. So you be that source of support. You be that strength to them. And it'll be you. Sometimes we often have situations where we work with people, and we know their names, and we may know their favorite hockey teams. But what happens if they left work two weeks from now, and they're gone? Is, are they just like a Jenga piece that's just been slid out, and you never remember them again? Or what happens? Do we have a connection? Does it go beyond that? The one thing I've realized in my life is proximity doesn't bring life. Connection does. Amen? You can be in your own house with your own family and feel disconnected. You can come to church, and, and a lot of churches do this, where they create this, this, in a sense, almost like a show, where they just want to stack in as many people. They want to stack in as many blocks into church as possible. So sometimes what they do is they have this, you know, this charismatic speaker that's just incredible, most gifted speaker in the world. How do I know that's not us? Because I'm not it. Okay, so if you're coming here for that, it's not me. 
Sometimes you may say, well, it's because of the music or it's the worship or the programs. The reality is that sometimes we put all this emphasis on the wrong thing. It, you know, yeah, we need music. We need worship. Why? Because we want to worship God. Yeah, we need the Word because the Bible says to teach the church. We need community. We need small groups. Why? Because the Bible says that's important. But at the end of the day, it's not about the program. It's about people. Church is never about a building. It's never about four walls and a roof. It's about people. It's never about a program or an outreach. It's about people. Why are we going to Rita Heights? Not because we want our name anywhere. Because we love those people. We love that community. We love those kids. We love those teachers. We love the principal. That's why we're going. We don't have any preconceived ideas. We're not going in there because we want someone to pat us on the back. As a matter of fact, if it was up to me, I would never, be, I would never want to be noticed ever a day in my life. Why do we do it? Because it's about people. How many know that when you have wrong motives, the connections just never seem to go? They just never seem to be there. Stacking never builds anything because even a strong wind can blow blocks down. When we went to Legoland, Josina had fun. We had a lot of things we were doing there. But one of the things that caught my attention is they have this one, it's like a game where you can build like a skyscraper on this pad. And there's like these four different pads and you can build this tall skyscraper. And then at the end of it, you have to push this button and then a a fake earthquake happens and it starts to shake. And basically the whole goal is to see if your building can stand. And I thought to myself, okay, how do we do this? Like, and so we, you know, you have a whole bunch of fun and a whole bunch of different ideas trying to do it, but there's far too many people that are building the wrong way, disconnected, and then when circumstances come, everything falls apart. So let's learn how to build the right way. There's an interesting story in the, in the very first book of the Bible. For those that don't know, in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, it literally talks about the creation of the world, and for the first six days, God created, and at the end of every single day, he, st- he ended it with the same phrase every single time. He said, it is good. And then he gets to the last one. And for the first time in history, God said, something's not good. And here's what he said. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says, it's not good for man to be alone. It is not good for man to be like a block that doesn't connect. It is not good for man to be disconnected, to be isolated, to be secluded, and to be alone. It's not good. So he made us helper suitable. Christian author John Orderberg literally said this, and I think it puts this whole Genesis 1 and 2 story into incredible perspective. And it's on the screen behind me, so you can read along. It says this, What is striking is that the fall has not yet occurred here. There is no sin, no disobedience, nothing to mar the relationship between God and man. The human being is in a state of perfect intimacy with God. Each word he and God speak with each other is filled with closeness and joy. Yet the word God uses to describe him is alone. And God says this aloneness is not good. Sometimes in church circles, when people feel lonely, we will tell them not to expect too much from human relationships, that there is inside every being, uh, human being a God-shaped void that no other person can fill. That is true. But apparently, according to the writer of Genesis, God creates inside a man a kind of human-shaped void that he himself will not fill. No substitute will fill this need in you for human relationship. Not money, not achievement, Not busyness, which some of us like to hide behind. Not books. Not even God himself. Not hockey teams. It's not in there, but I just throw it in there. Uh, Even though this man was in a state of sinless perfection, 
He was alone. And it wasn't good. Lego doesn't stack. It interlocks. It interconnects. It bonds. It builds. One thing that I've noticed about Lego that's a very interesting thing is it's very hard to break. That's why you see people today with Lego that dates back to the 1950s and the 1960s, and they look as brand spanking new today as they did back then. Very hard to break them. When we connect, what you are trying to build is strengthened, and what I am trying to build is strengthened. Not just what you're building, but what both of us are building. If you can just turn me down a little bit there, Chris, it's humming a bit there. So the book of Acts, which is the very beginning description of the first New Testament church after Jesus left the planet, um, in Acts chapter 2, there's uh, just a description of this church. It's actually the first megachurch that ever happens. They started at 120 people in this one room, and by the end of the day, they were at 3,000. I don't know about you, but that's an outreach program on steroids. I just love that. That's, that's like, Lord, if you want to do that here, you just go right ahead and we'll figure it out as we go. I don't, I don't know what we'll do, but we'll rent the K-Rock. That's good. You know, who cares what tragically hip? We'll just take over the hip. <laughs> Kidding. Kidding. Um, but 3,000 in the book of Acts. They didn't just connect with God. It says that they connected with each other. It says in Acts chapter 2, 42 to 44... It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. It wasn't that they were performed by Jesus. They were performed by the apostles. I honestly believe the reason that happened wasn't just because they were just connected to the top with God, but they were connected below with each other. Amen? And it says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Listen, in a world full of blockheads, I'm calling you to be a Lego. Okay, that's what I'm calling you to do. To be a Lego piece. I want your future to be connected, to be built upon that thing that is so sure, the foundation that is so sure, it's called Jesus Christ. No one else can have a foundation that is going to be strong and sure and actually go through the the tried, tested things of life, the circumstances of life, other than Jesus Christ. So I have a simple question for you this morning. Are you stacking or are you connecting? Simple question, but I want you to think about it. I want to end with one verse. I've already read this verse, but I'm going to read it in a different version so that you guys can see something. I hope this jumps out at you. And I'll just invite the worship team to come up at this time. 1 Peter 2, verses 4 to 5, it says this. Welcome to the living stone. Talking about Jesus. The source of life. Capital S, capital L. I like that. The source of life. He wants to make a point. The workmen, just picture Emmett for a second, okay? Okay. The workmen took one look and threw it out, but God said in the place, God said it in the place of honor. For those that know the Lego movie, he's calling you the special. That's who you are. So, well, I'm ordinary. I, I, I don't, I'm not that gifted. I don't have a lot. It's okay. You are a piece that God desperately needs. Because it's it's literally part of a bigger plan and part of a bigger Lego set that you could ever imagine. But God's calling you to be a part of it. He goes on and says, Present yourselves as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary vibrant with life in which you'll serve as holy priests offering Christ-approved lives up to God. Today you are called 
to connect, and to build. That is the heart cry of God the Father for every single human being on the face of the planet. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.